Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, January 27th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Germany has asked the European Union to restrict the export of vaccine doses. This, after the pace of inoculations in the EU, has fallen behind the US and the UK. Financial markets are frothy, possibly overvalued, maybe even silly. We will talk to the FT's markets editor, Katie Martin, about that. In India, farmers are angry about agricultural reforms that could erode the country's state-run model. Plus, Beyond Meat pairs up with PepsiCo. I'm Brendan Greeley, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The European Union has fallen behind the U.S. and the U.K. in its pace of COVID-19 vaccinations, and AstraZeneca, the pharmaceutical company, has told Brussels that its vaccine production will sharply undershoot expectations. Now Germany's health minister, Jens Spahn, is pressing the European Commission to force companies to get permission before they export vaccine doses. German companies are manufacturing vaccines, but opposition parties have criticized Berlin for turning over procurement to Brussels. Boris Johnson, the UK's prime minister, is against any kind of export restrictions at all. He said the creation of vaccines has been a wonderful example of multinational cooperation. The International Monetary Fund predicts that by 2022, the U.S. and Chinese economies will be only 1.5% smaller than before the pandemic. China has been able to contain the damage from the virus, according to the IMF, while the U.S. has spent money on stimulus. That's the real economy. Meanwhile, in markets, investors are acting like there is no risk, and stock indices keep hitting new records. Katie Martin is our capital markets editor. She is on the line. Katie, yesterday on this program, we described stock valuations as silly. Is silly a fair characterization? Yes. The big question in markets now, the thing that everyone is chewing over is, have markets got silly? Have we reached the point where we're in a bubble? And by extension, is that bubble going to pop? The point is that valuations are extremely stretched, particularly in some parts of the market. So the price of the shares has just like peeled away from the actual health of the company and what kinds of earnings they pull in. So um, yeah, silly, I think would be definitely be a reasonable word. The thing that I'm having trouble understanding right now is that there's Tesla stock, and then there is the price of Bitcoin, and then there's also GameStop. How do I connect those three things? Because those are three completely different assets, but they're all seemingly wildly overvalued right now. Yeah, some of the ingredients that people look for in determining that you're in a bubble are things like the valuation thing that we've already talked about, but also when charts start to look like hockey sticks and when the pace of acceleration in gains in stock prices just sort of starts heading almost vertically higher. That's generally a sign that things are getting a bit unstable. You're talking about technical analysis, but it's a very simple kind of technical analysis, which is that that chart doesn't look right. (laughs) Yes. But also you see things like retail participation in markets. Some of the big crashes that we've had over recent years, if you look at the dot-com correction, if you look at what happened in 08, preceding these things, you tend to see massive pickups in participation in the markets from retail accounts, from amateur investors. And we have that at the moment in spades and they are hammering it. I mean, you mentioned GameStop. That's a company that a lot of hedge funds thought was toast effectively, and they were running large bets against it. And the retail crowd said, no, not on our watch and forced the stock price higher and have got to the point where hedge funds, they're left nursing enormous losses because they've bet so heavily on these companies failing. 
But yeah, you see other things that just look unhealthy, like the massive proliferation of SPACs in the US, these special purpose acquisition companies. There's 61 new ones in January. I thought that was amazing. Crazy times. And yeah, the idea is they they buy other companies and effectively take them public in what is a sort of shortcut version of those companies listing on the stock market themselves. And speaking of things that are difficult to get your head around, you look at the rally in Bitcoin that we've had recently. You know, this is basically just kind of people exchanging a bit of computer code with each other and claiming that it's worth a certain amount of money. It's completely unregulated. And it's gone to the moon. And companies are just rushing to the bond market. They're rushing to the equity markets and raising money at an enormous pace. There's kind of a feeding frenzy. The issue is we've been saying something's going to give for the best part of a year now, since the corona crash, since March last year. And, you know, 75% later in global stocks, we feel like, okay, this really has gone far enough now, but has it? You talk to a lot of institutional investors with a little more experience in markets. And from some of your reporting, it seems like they are a little freaked out. Are they freaked out because all of their carefully thought out positions are being ruined? Or are they freaked out because they think a a crash is coming? They're freaked out, definitely on the former. There are things that are getting ever higher valuations that they just think, listen, this is not in my textbooks. I can't get my head around this. This makes literally no sense. And that makes them uncomfortable. There are investors that have got fairly cautious stances who are massively underperforming. Now, in terms of whether people think we're going to get a crash, the vast majority of people I speak to say no. They say, look, we feel like there could be a bit of a correction here. We feel like there could be a bit of a pullback. But nobody's really predicting a crash. And that's because of a couple of things. One of them is that the VIX index, which is an imperfect but pretty good way of telling how nervous investors are is still pretty high for stocks. And so that means that investors are still taking out protection against things going wrong. They're not all in on this. The other is, yes, stock valuations look insane. But if you look at where bond yields are, they're just nailed to the floor. They're going nowhere. Central banks are not going to raise policy rates anytime soon. And so it makes sense when you look at that gap between where bond yields are and where stocks are. That's actually not massively out of whack in a historical context. So in a way, this is a continuation of a story that we've been watching for the last, arguably the last decade, which is that there's just a ton of savings in the world. And if it's going to go somewhere and we're running out of somewheres for it to go, then it starts to pile into things like Tesla and Bitcoin and GameStop. But I'm, I'm wondering if there isn't something else going on that's specific to this recession. I hesitate to use this time is different as a phrase, but this time does feel different to the extent that, yes, people are sitting on cash that they literally could not spend even if they wanted to. And on top of that, you have this enormous wave of asset purchases from central banks that are trying to keep economies afloat after the shock of the virus when it hit last year. So you've got all of this QE money, all of this central bank purchase money, and you've got all of these excess savings that households have built up. And it's all trying to get through a really small door into what is actually quite a small equity market. And that's just causing some really strange things to happen. So for everyone that says 
this is going to crash. This is going to be a train wreck. There are other investors who say, you better buckle up and get used to this because this is going to be the situation for years, possibly a decade. This is just the beginning. It's a really interesting time, but it is quite bewildering because investors and traders and and lowly journalists kind of come to markets with a certain set of expectations around what the rules are and how these things work. And that's all been chucked out. And here we are. Katie Martin, I fear that you're going to have to have this conversation again soon. It would be my pleasure. (laughs) Thanks, Katie. In India, tens of thousands of farmers driving tractors have descended on New Delhi. They've overwhelmed police and overrun the Red Fort in the city's center amid ongoing protests against a plan to overhaul India's agricultural economy by expanding the role of private agribusiness. The farmers say it's a veiled attempt to kill off India's state-backed agricultural model, which includes mandated crop prices. Meanwhile, as India battles the spread of coronavirus, Narendra Modi, the country's prime minister, is refusing to show himself getting the jab, unlike other world leaders who are trying to get their citizens to trust the vaccines. Many doctors and nurses in India have declined to take Covaxin, a vaccine developed in India, because it doesn't yet have efficacy data. Modi supporters say the prime minister doesn't want to use his status to jump the line. And one more thing before we go, Beyond Meat makes food out of plants that tastes like it's made out of animals. Shares in the company surged after a surprise announcement of a new partnership with PepsiCo. They're calling it Planet Partnership. PepsiCo, not traditionally known for healthy snacks, says it's expanding its portfolio of nutritious and sustainably made products. It's the latest consumer food giant to do so. Beyond Meat was up almost 18% on Tuesday. You can read more on all these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.